I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. My next guest has a new book, too, and he's a much bigger name than I am. His book is uh, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. He's on Fox News all the time. He did, of course, serve... Uh, 21 years ago as George Bush's press secretary. I think the world of this guy making his second visit to the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. It's Ari Fleischer. uh, Ari, I should say, Sid Rosenberg here. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Thank you for having me back. Uh, You got it. You were great last time. You'll be great again today. I like your story because I'm also a a kid from Brooklyn, Jewish kid from Brooklyn, and uh, I like the Democrats. And like I was young. I was only 12 when Jimmy Carter was ruling this country and Ronald Reagan took over. But I remember the, the hockey team and getting out the hostages from Iran. I remember how proud I was. We're in that moment right now. I think Donald Trump can do for the country after Joe Biden what Ronald Reagan did after Carter back in 1980. Is that a fair analogy? Yeah, I like that. And by the way, you're young. I was 17 when Jimmy oh my Carter God. became president. <laughs> but uh, you still look great, though. You really do. <laughs> no, there's really something big going on in America where things just – it's not as if it's just an economic problem. There's a cultural problem. There's a direction of the country. There's a lack of, lack of love for our country, lack of following laws. And that is kind of what happened when Reagan came in and crushed Jimmy Carter and Republicans picked up so many seats in the House, took the Senate. You get that same feeling now that America is adrift and the right Republican candidate can capture that mood and bring back a feeling of optimism. I agree with you. Now, your parents, they got mad at you. right? Your parents uh, came here (laughs) from uh, a different country. They were liberal Democrats. They're like, what happened to our nice little Jewish Ari? Now he's a Republican. Uh, How long did that last, that anger? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a first-generation American, proud uh, to be the son of a Hungarian immigrant who escaped the Holocaust to come to America. Wow. And my dad was born in an even stranger place. He was born in Manhattan. <laughs> so those, those, those are my parents. And, uh, yeah, I was raised a liberal Democrat. I got to college a liberal Democrat. Carter turned me into a conservative Democrat, and Reagan turned me into a Republican. And then uh, you actually moved, uh, and we'll get to your book here coming up, a little, a little Ari Fleischer history, because I think it's very it's, it's interesting. You moved from Elizabeth Dole. She dropped out to George Bush. Isn't that right, back in 2000? Correct. I, I spent some 21 years in Washington, 17 years on Capitol Hill, and I left the Hill to become Elizabeth Dole's communications director. When she dropped out, George W. Bush asked me to move to Austin, Texas, and become spokesman for his campaign, and that's what happened. You know, Ari, I watch this Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre, you know, and um, what am I going to say? She's, she's just not smart enough to handle that job. You know, Jen Psaki said some stuff that angered me, but she was actually good at it. But it's not an easy job. And there you are, you're, you're Bush's press secretary. And I don't know, the first couple of years, you've got 9-11, you've got bombings, you've got the Iraq War. When you look at some of the things you had to do and speak for on the behalf of George Bush, 
uh, starting in 2001. That was an immense task. Yeah, don't forget the recount, which I thought would be the biggest story I'd ever faced in my life. Right. Uh, the anthrax attacks. It was a heavy time. It was a serious time. It was a time when the nation rallied, and it was a patriotic time in that sense, too. Um, you, you know, I'm not going to criticize any of my successors. The job is hard enough as it is. Let me just say this. Two things a press secretary has to have to be successful is, one, you have to be in the meetings. You have to know what's going on. You have to hear it yourself, see the president yourself, uh, and that's every day. For one-third, one-quarter of my days, I was in the Oval with the president in his meeting. Well, by the way, to, to, to Jean-Pierre's in defense of her, she can't see the president every day right now because he's home asleep. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can babysit. <laughs> But you, you, you can't read off of a piece of paper that somebody else hands you. You have to be in the room to hear it, see it, feel it for yourself, and then you have to be fast on your feet. Then you have to be articulate and be able to explain what's happening and go back and forth with the press and engage with the press on it. Those are the two essential skills to being the press secretary. Um, I won't say anything about how she's carrying them out, but those are the two skills. Yeah, 0 for 2 if you're a baseball fan. She's hitting 0. I'll say for Ari Fleischer because he won't say it. He's too classy. Uh, and you do, you know, talking about going back and forth with the media, which is not easy. You know, Trump had Jim Acosta. I guess she's got Peter Ducey now. But uh, you talk about the media in this book, and I grew up in an era when, uh, look, I, I think that uh, people like Peter Jennings and Tom Brokaw and Dan Rather, I know for a fact, I knew who they were voting for, who they liked, but it just didn't seem to be that pervasive when they were doing news on television. And there were no cable news channels back then, like now, where they devote all their time to one party. So you, you really couldn't talk about the media then as you can now, but as your book points out, what's going on right now, Ari, is more criminal than on the streets of Manhattan. It's horrible. And what I expose in my book is just how far reporters have gone. Everybody knew, and even back in my era, they were liberal. But now they have abandoned any sense of objectivity, and they just let it rip. They've become political activists for a cause. And I have a chapter devoted to CNN, to the New York Times, and I expose just how far they go in supporting a cause. They, they don't really care anymore about being objective. It doesn't move the needle. It's not as fulfilling. They care more about getting huge numbers of Twitter followers, liberal activists, Hollywood people endorsing them, contracts with MSNBC. This is what gives reporters the juice, the fun feeling of doing their job to save the country. And they decided they needed to save the country from Donald Trump. And when they did that, that's what motivated me to write this book. Because say what you will about President Trump, we are a 50-50 nation. And reporters ought to be fair and neutral instead of just overwhelmingly mainstream media deciding Donald Trump is a risk to the country, and they're going to slant and tilt the news to get rid of him. That's what went wrong. I agree, thousand percent. Now, there are some that will say the, the, the tractors, well, what about Newsmax? They go the other way. And, by the way, Fox News has a lot of liberals on that station right now, which angers people like Donald Trump and myself. And it's a fair point, and, and I do lament that we have conservative media, liberal media. I think everybody would prefer just to have one thing down the middle, take it to the bank. It's the facts. They don't tell you what to conclude. That's up to us as the people, but they tell you what took place. But be that as it may, you still have overwhelmingly the influence in this country is yep. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, Washington Post, Associated Press. <laughs> They dwarf Newsmax yep. or any of the conservative yep. media, even talk radio. Not talk even radio. close. Bastion of conservatism. These guys, for example, the networks have three networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, 20 million viewers a night. 
Fox's most popular shows are three to four million a night. That's right. That's true. No, it, it is an overwhelming edge, a partisan home crowd, Brent Musburger would say on a Saturday afternoon for the uh, for the Democrats. Yeah. And it, yeah. But the other problem, Ari, is, is that when they do screw up, there's no repercussions because they own it, basically. I mean, I know CNN just got rid of Brian Stelter. That was somewhat humiliating, although he got a job at Harvard right away. Don't you explain that to me, how Harvard hires Brian Stelter and Bill de Blasio. Oh, my God. But uh, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a lot of repercussion for these folks when they say stuff that is not only false, Ari, but sometimes flat-out dangerous. Well, this is why the experiment at CNN is going to be fascinating. It does look like they're making some changes there. I hope they return to objective, down-the-middle journalism. Keeping Don Lemon, I think, makes it a little harder. But we'll see what they do, and we'll see if there's a market for it. Was there the, do the economics, will people actually want to view something objective, or are we so used to our pitted camps that that's where we'd rather stay? So I'm going to keep my eye on, on that experiment. It's, it's, it's notable. Um, but, you know, the, the repercussions – the, the problem was, especially at CNN, the bosses at CNN encouraged their anchors and their daytime reporters to let it rip, to give their opinions, to go after Trump, to be pro-Biden. And you saw it from their White House correspondents, not only Jim Acosta, John Harwood, uh, so many of the – Brianna Keeler, anchors would give their opinions, yeah. and this is what's wrong. Business reporters giving their opinions. I don't pay them to give their opinion. I pay them to just tell me what happened, and right. I'll give you my opinion. Right. Not only uh, is Don Lemon staying at CNN, by the way, he just got promoted to a primetime slot with two co-hosts. You can't make it up. But I'm going to tell you what I feel, and believe me when I tell you I'm a novice compared to you. I admit that. But I don't think CNN is nearly as bad as MSNBC. I still have Jake Tapper, for example. Every now and then, Jake Tapper is rational. He actually says something that makes sense for both sides. I watch MSNBC, whether it's, I don't watch it, but I hear about it. Joe Mika, this uh, Joy Reid, who I think is a racist, by the way, and, and a ton of others. I really, and even Mike Barnacle, they've ruined. I really believe that MSNBC is worse than CNN, Ari. Oh, no question, but MSNBC is honest about it. They acknowledge that they're a liberal organization, lean forward. Uh, that's, a, that's their DNA. CNN has always pretended to be objective in the old history and tradition that CNN from which they were born. Oh, that's a good point. And that was a noble tradition. But they want to have it both ways. They want to let it rip, go after Trump, be liberal, but call themselves objective. And that's why I have a chapter about them. Example after example after example in my book about just how bad they are. Well, I must tell you, this is a very important book because with all that's gone wrong over the years, uh, the media is maybe the, the biggest issue. And I will say this. When we talk about, Ari, on the way out, what Donald Trump did well foreign policy, Israel, uh, the economy in the United States. Putin would never dream about doing what he's doing right now. All the things that Donald Trump did well, you may very well put at the very top of that list, just like Ari Fleischer does with his book right now, Donald Trump exposed the media. That was a big deal. No question about it. And, and you know, I interviewed Donald Trump for this book, and it was fascinating because he told me when he got elected – when he won on election night, he actually thought the media would turn. He thought they'd be fair. And when he realized they weren't fair, he realized he had to fight them. And I really think if the press had been fair, if they hadn't gone for the Steele dossier and collusion, the Trump years would have been so different. But he turned it up because he recognized that the press had turned him down. And that became part of the back and forth. And if only the media would do their job, politics would be a lot more 
Agreed. Uh, what the American people want it to be. Agreed. On the way out, uh, our dear friend, colleague, we both love him, Bo Dito says, hey, ask Ari about <laughs> running my congressional campaign in 86, only lost by a couple thousand votes, very close, met with Ronald Reagan in the White House. Bo Dito, is that true, Ari? Yeah, I didn't run it. I was one of the people sent up from Washington by the National Republican Congressional Committee to work on it. Boy, did I get to know Queens. I could get you to JFK on every back road there was. Forget traffic jams. I knew how to get around it. <laughs> um, I, I, I loved it. I lived up in Queens for six weeks on that special election in 86. Bo's a great guy, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We lost uh, in a district that was represented by Joe Adabo, uh, old-time New York pal, uh, overwhelmingly Democrat district. Is, is, is that been in a special? He still isn't Joe still in charge of Howard Beach right now? Still. I don't think so. I Unless think so. His son by the same name. Oh, his son. Okay. A long time ago. Right, right, right. That's probably his kid. You're right. Same name. It's probably his kid. Uh, the new book again, folks, you have to read this. It's very, very important stuff. I'm serious. Suppression, deception, snobbery, and bias. Why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. Ari Fleischer cares. Go out and buy his book. Ari, as always, magnificent job. Thank you for coming on. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got it, bro. Uh, Ari Fleischer, my man, right here on Bernie and Sid, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. A heck of an hour. Rudy Giuliani, Lydia Serrani, and uh, Ari Fleischer. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.